0: Hello and welcome to Post Credit Podcast, the place for you to go to to get all your movie news after the credits roll. We are back this week. I am your co-host, Preston Moore, or I am your host, Preston Moore, always joined by my co-host, Raymond Venuya. Raymond, say hi.
1: What's up, y'all? All
0: All right. So we have uh, one thing we want to talk about this week, and that is IT Chapter 2. Did we like it? Did we not like it? We are going to be talking spoilers. So... If you care about the movie and you haven't seen it yet, uh, go see it and then come back to us. We'll talk about it then. So before we get started, though, I do want to say both Raymond and I have been dealing with some sniffles. It's allergy season. (laughs) We're both kind of struggling. You may be able to tell my voice may sound a little bit different. That's because it is uh, because I'm dealing I'm going through it right now, but Uh, We're gonna make it through. Uh, This may be a bit of a shorter episode because that's all we have to talk about is it chapter two. So, uh, let's dive right in. Raymond, what do you give it chapter two on a score out of five?
1: Ooh, out of five, I'm gonna give it a solid. I'll give it a solid three and a half.
2: Yeah. Why? Yeah,
1: for me, we'll go into it, but the biggest thing is the movie didn't need to be that long. And I felt that the story itself is good, you know, at a very plot level. Everything that happens, I get it and why it's there but from the way it's told and the way it's presented to us. I just I could not get into the flow of it, you know, and that's a problem for me because it took it took me out of it. It's like having a halftime in the middle of a movie. But what about you? What is your rating out of five?
0: I gave it a three and a half as well. I, uh, I. Long movies can be good, you know? I mean, you look at, I bring it up almost every week, but that's because it's one of my favorites of all time. Avengers Endgame. That's a three-hour long movie, and the three hours work. So when you look at movies that, that reach this really long runtime, the runtime in and of itself is not necessarily the problem, you know? It's what you do within that runtime to where if you fill the whole thing to where it doesn't feel to where the script still feels tight you know and the film still feels like every scene has a reason to happen and you can't cut out any of the subplots or any of the arcs that happen in the movie then it's good you know if you can still do that in that three hour time then you're in good shape and I think that's something that Endgame did I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood you look at that that was a pretty long movie as well and they did that really well too It chapter two. I was excited that it was gonna be long, because Uh it was exciting to me. And I'm not a huge horror fan. Um, I've only watched a few because I only became able to watch them, (laughs) physically able to get through them, uh, a couple of years ago. So I I am still easing my way into it. Like physically able to walk
1: through the theater with the ticket.
0: (laughs) Yeah, not even kidding you. Like I, I'm so bad with scares. I jump, I jump every time. I'm really not good with it. Um. So I, I'm not like I said, I'm not a huge horror fan, but it was cool to see this horror epic because this really did feel like an epic movie, like a grand finale. It felt much more like a like a. it was very the, the stakes were high, if mm. you will. You know, I think most horror films and once again, I haven't seen a whole lot, but I'm pretty sure most horror films like most films in that genre Don't have massively high stakes, you know, they're scary. They can be very like they can pull you in and have great scripts and stuff, but it's not like a big epic event, you know, the way that, um, you know, a lot of big superhero movies will will make themselves out to be or even just other movies like that where they 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 market themselves as this big, big thing. And that's what it chapter two did. And that kind of dragged me in because I did really love chapter one. Uh, mm. and whenever the marketing, the trailers came out for it, chapter two, I was like, wow, this feels like a, like a really big deal. Like a, like a blockbuster big movie. You know what I mean? No,
1: oh, definitely. But,
0: so that made me very excited for that long run time because I was hoping they would use it effectively as Avengers end game did. But at the end of the day, you know, they had the two hours and 50 minutes. And I just feel like there are certain subplots, certain scenes in the movie that you can cut
1: out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For me, and going back to what you said about it feeling more epic for me, not only in terms of like the grand scale of the movie, but I think Pennywise, too, they've really done a good job at making him a villain more so than just a monster. Because I I feel like for me, when I watch, yeah, when I watch a lot of horror movies, like some ones that I can think of that are still good, but they just don't have that effect. Kind of like, yeah, I hate to say it, like, you know, like the Thanos effect where it's like, oh, this villain feels like greater than all the other villains. Yeah. Like Insidious or The Conjurings, it's just kind of like, okay, there's another demon. There's another ghost. Okay. You know, but then with Pennywise, it's like, no, this dude's morbidly terrifying. (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, and you feel like the grand scale, even though he only affects this one town. You know, it's just like the way he's presented in the way that I guess they also give him a lot of screen time, make him like an actual character, even though his character never really changes that much. Yeah, just he feels more threatening. And I appreciate that is one thing I did appreciate about it. Chapter two and it chapter one, you know, but yeah, you're right. There are a lot of scenes that I felt could have been cut. I'm still trying to decide which ones like if I were editing this movie would would be on the cutting board. But I don't know. I just felt like, yeah, you're right. It just didn't need to be that long. Like what's like one of the scenes for you, at least that you've just felt like didn't have to be there or you're just like, why are we watching this? So I, I do
0: have uh, an entire I do. I do know what I think should have been cut. But before I talk about that, I do want to say I have not read the book. Um,
1: uh, oh, yeah, same. Full disclaimer. The book's, like, the
0: book. massive, as big as a Bible. I would probably enjoy it. You know, I think it sounds interesting. Um, but, you know, I haven't read the book. So, what I've heard is that... Uh, what I've heard from people who have read the book is that this movie stayed very close to the book's plot. Um, yeah. I heard that they they added only one little thing, and that was the, uh, the subplot with Bill... And the little boy who got killed in the carnival that didn't happen in the book. Um, but other than that, they, they really did stay true to the book is what I've heard. So, and I appreciate that because I do, I do have this feeling where you look at Percy Jackson is probably the best example where you had this awesome, amazing book series and then you take it to Hollywood and they completely change everything And the movie doesn't do well. Mm -hmm. You know, Percy Jackson, I did read those books and I think they had the potential to be Harry Potter level hype. I mean, those are good books. So when you have something that's already a blockbuster, like already sold so much in book form, why would you change it that much? You know, so I do have that feeling where I appreciate that it chapter two stayed close to the book because mm-hmm. it the book was so successful, so successful. You know what I mean? So yeah. I appreciate that. But also coming into play, when you make that transition, it's good to stay faithful to your source material, but also there are some things you have to cut. Yeah, You know what I mean? There are mm-hmm. some things, not necessarily that you should change when you go from, from page to screen, but there are some things that you need to cut. And for me the one glaring thing when I look at this movie as a whole, you could take his character out and it would not change. The end result is the entire Henry Bowers subplot.
2: Oh God. Yeah.
0: Where he's kind of escaped this mental hospital and now he's doing, uh, it's doing essentially is like his little henchman kind of, um, I think, and I, I like the inclusion of Henry Bowers, and I like seeing him as an adult. How he's like descended into madness and all this stuff. I think mm-hmm. that's really interesting. But I just think when you look at the grand scheme of things, they spent a lot of screen time on him, and they really didn't need to. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So, really?
0: go ahead. That that's my one thing that I think could have and probably shouldn't have been uh, included. When they were making the transition.
1: What about you? I had the same thing. I mean, I had, for me, it was a little bit more of a qualm with like the little kid that uh, gets killed at the carnival. I don't know. I just, I wasn't really feeling that subplot too much. Like, I felt like we still could have gotten to angry Bill just charging at Pennywise, like based off his anger about Georgie and everything that happened alone without the, having to see the little kid get devoured. But. Yeah, I. But piggybacking on what you said about uh, Bowers, I felt like the only substance he really gave to the movie was stabbing Eddie in the cheek, and then Eddie stabbing him back. Like that was yeah. the o- that was like the only really bit that was important in his role, just because it kind of showed Eddie's character progressing and becoming a little bit braver. But even then, it backpedals when they get down into its house. And he's like, get. He's like, dude, the knife. And he's just like freezing up. And then he's just like, yeah, and he can't do it. Yeah, yeah. So those are the yeah. For me, those are the two things. With the little kid, it's just kind of like, I get where they were going, you know. And that drove Bill to be like, no, I'm gonna go kill this clown by myself. Blah blah blah. But I just really felt like you didn't really have to go do that because. All right, if they had gone maybe uh, I'm not sure how it happens in the books. But let's just say he had gotten his token like normal, you know, got scared by the pennywise, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and then they meet up at the library and then there was no uh, Bowers attack on Mike. It all would have still ended up the same. You know, they go down yeah. there. And it all yeah. it would have been the same story. They go they go down there and it just so happens they don't have the whole we're going to do this together. But they could have that in the library. Be like, yeah, Yeah. we're gonna do this together because that's how it started. And I don't know, for me, it's just like, that's why I just really didn't feel like the, even though like I got the kid scene, like I gotta admit, I liked it because it was like, damn, he he really just murdered this little child. Like that was crazy. Like that was intense. And then the way he does it too is cruel. I was like, oh my god, like that's that's dark. But yeah, Yeah. it just didn't really have to be there.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think and this is another critique and I, I i see where they're coming from because from what i understand this happens in the book <coughs> excuse me this happens in the book as well and so i obviously i don't really fault them for including it in the film but i don't know if it uh if it necessarily helped having it in the film Uh, so there's this whole, you know, chunk of the movie, a good bit, probably maybe a third of the movie. The entire second act is, uh, the losers club. Essentially they split up, everyone splits up and they have to go find all these tokens essentially for the ritual of chud, chewed chud. I think it's chud. Am I right?
1: I think it's chud. I mean, in the reviews I read, yeah, they said Chud, but I could have sworn I heard Jude, but let's go with Chud. The,
0: the ritual of Chad. It's just a bunch of frat guys.
1: There you go. Just they, they a bunch of The ritual the of Chad, guys. they
0: throw a bunch of beer, beer cans in the little thing and they blow it up and yeah. They
1: all have to shotgun a beer <laughs> and then hold hands.
0: <laughs> yeah, the ritual of Chad. That's what it is. Anyway, so in the book, this happens as well and they all go... And they find their token for uh, for the ritual of Chud, I think. And so then they come back. But what worked in the first movie so well is that you've got these characters, and they're all so good. I mean, the child acting from the first one, I mean, once again, I've, I've talked about it before. But the child acting in the first one is spectacular. So just little commendation on that because that's really, really notable, noteworthy. Uh, but Mm -hmm. the best thing about it. Chapter one is when they're together, when they're interacting with one another. And even in the, the scenes without Pennywise, you know, the more lighthearted, funny scenes, it's really, really engaging, you know, because the child acting so good, they bounce off of each other so well. Uh, specifically Jack Dylan Grazer and Finn Wolfhard who play Eddie and Richie. I mean they're spectacular oh God, yeah, in they're the first
1: hilarious. one. And I and I yeah. think
0: their adult counterparts are great in this one as well. But the problem from a from a plot standpoint is the movie itself is is best when these characters are together. Um so yeah. splitting all of them up and having all of them go to different places individually, and the fact that there's so many of them, and we have to watch each and every one of them and what they go through and watch all of the flashbacks, that took up a chunk of the movie. I mean, that was a good amount of time.
1: That was most... I felt like that was most of the movie.
0: Yeah, and I'm, like, I'm sitting there, and I'm counting on my fingers. I'm like, okay, we've done three. We got, like, whatever, three left. You know, I'm counting how many we have... To go and it, it, they did show every single one of them. So that took up a lot of a lot of runtime, and it wasn't necessarily the most engaging part of the movie because those characters were apart. And you know, maybe in the book it's more engaging because I think obviously books are very different than movies. Because when you're watching a movie, you have two actors if they feed off of each other really well, and if they have that chemistry, it's very enjoyable to watch them on screen and interact with one another. (laughs) So maybe in the book, that's a more engaging point, but when it translated to film, it wasn't really, uh, it just didn't really work for me. So that, that is another part that once again, I commend them for staying true to the book. I think that's really good. Um, but when it comes down to it, I don't think it necessarily was a was a benefit to the movie, you know what I mean?
1: No, definitely. And picking backing off of that is just that it felt so sectioned off and that was like a big part of me that like Oh yeah. W- that was like a big problem for it me. It just it's felt just, it felt okay, like choppy. Here's Mike. Here here's Bill. Here's Beverly. And it's just like, oh yeah. man. Like there was no transitions, yeah. you know. It was just kind of like and even like between acts one, two and three, between all right, it's it's time to round up the gang. Here we go. Then, you know, evil fortune cookies happen. Yeah. And then it's just like, all right, here we go, act two. It's like, well, we need to gather your tokens. And then it's just like, all right, cool. Gather the tokens, done that. All right, now it's time to go do the ritual. And I'm just like, oh, man. like. Yeah. <laughs> at least in, like, the first movie, it really flowed really well. I guess because it, throughout, throughout most of it, they just had – one clear objective and is just to find out what happened in Georgie, you know, and then they're, they then they have to try to find out more about this clown and what's going on. And then eventually they go fight the clown, blah blah. But the story one, the story, story just
0: of... flows very well in that first one. Yeah, and in this one right it's, here, it's, it's super so choppy. Yeah, it's very choppy. You can tell, um, you can very very clearly say, this is act one, this is act two, this is act three. You know
1: yeah and i mean that's not always bad but i guess just in the way that it's presented here yeah it just yeah. felt w- way too clear yeah and i felt bad because i felt like you know mike's character right mike yeah uh he i felt like was just shoved into that role of i'm gonna be the one that progresses this story along because he's the one who knows the ritual yeah and I was yeah. like, oh, that blows. Like he doesn't get the character progression. know he, yeah. he doesn't get the, he the emotional of... moments. It's just. By the way, we have this indi this Native American artifact yeah. that you need to use to capture the lights. I'm like, oh man.
0: A lot of exposition going on. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and 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 then that that's... acid trip scene too. That was something. What are you talking about? Oh,
0: oh, I remember when With, he gives yeah. James
1: McAvoy yeah. the, that the was water a... thing. I was like, that oh was man. That was
0: interesting. That's another thing I want to talk about is this is another instance where they held true to the book. I just don't think that it fit within the story. It felt very out of place and weird with the whole ritual of Chud as a concept, you know, as that's the way they defeat Pennywise. Where in the first one, you know, you've got these kids and they pretty much just beat up Pennywise, you know, and that's how they, they don't defeat him, defeat him, but that's how they, they send him back essentially. And by just, gaining strength and, and just going after him. That's literally it, you know? And then in this one, it's much more... Uh, there's a lot of aspects that come into play that are really, like, out there, and they don't really fit. When he starts talking about the ritual, I'm like, what the heck? Like, you know, that's not... This movie just didn't... It didn't feel in place, you know what I mean? And
1: No, definitely.
0: And that's just, I mean, again... That's in the book, and I appreciate them keeping what's in the book but and I mean it just didn't on. translate super well with the tone of the rest of the movie and the tone of the movie that came before it and the setting and everything that they that they had done around this when they start bringing up supernatural things uh, it becomes very very weird, you know
1: yeah, and for me it's just not even that it's also like yeah it does feel out of place but they just abandon it by the end too yeah they don't even just, do like, it obviously yeah the ritual doesn't work you know, and then he just comes to mollywop them, and then yeah. eventually they're just like, no, yeah. we just basically have to do the same thing we did in the first one, which is not be afraid of him. Yeah. And then make him small. And I was just like, okay, so you could have just done that from the beginning and everything would have been okay. Yeah. That kind of blows, but all right.
2: Yeah. And
1: I just so it just, it's unreal. In a storytelling standpoint, I get it and it makes sense, but it's just very unrewarding.
0: Yeah. Because you spent all this time, I mean, like you said, the chunk, the biggest chunk of the movie is all of the... uh, The tokens. All the tokens, yeah. So you spend all this time and you watch each and every one of the Losers Club go to their specific places, some of them more interesting than others, uh, and you watch all of them, and it's all for naught. You know, it doesn't actually amount to anything. This ritual doesn't. So, you know, that is pretty unrewarding. I agree with that for sure.
1: And I... For me, the next thing that I can really think of, and I really hate to say it because I love him as an actor, but James McAvoy really just didn't do it for me in this movie. Like, am I the only one on that boat, or how did you feel about him in this one? I think
0: he was good. Uh, I think, I don't think he was given a lot to do. I do think he's one Uh of the, he's one of the best actors working today. I mean, watch Split and Glass, and you will know that. You know, I mean, he...
1: anything he's in really yeah Yeah,
0: he's spectacular but uh i don't think that he was given a lot to work with first of all and Mm -hmm. you know i just think i think he did what he could he wasn't bad i don't think anybody was bad in this movie honestly the performances are kind of what make the movie uh better than it could be, you know, they they elevate the movie to a, an, a level where I can say I did enjoy the movie. I would watch it again. You know, I've got we've been talking yeah, all no, these critiques, but definitely I did a
1: star for me. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We we've been talking all these critiques, but I did really enjoy the movie because I enjoyed watching the performances. And James McAvoy, he was he was good, but he wasn't spectacular. But I don't think he had anything to be spectacular with. When you look at mm-hmm. one thing that I noticed about uh, his performance was. When he starts getting scared again, he starts bringing in those stutters again. And yeah, I thought he did that really well because he took... I, I, I don't know the, the actor who played Bill in the first one, but it's basically mm-hmm. the stutters that he did sound the exact same. So he nailed that, I would say. I, it was very convincing. I believed that these... And this goes for all the characters... And it's really a testament to all of the the performances. I believed that these were older versions of these kids you know and that is a testament not only to the performances but the casting as well. The casting was spectacular these older versions looked like the kids for the most part I think and that was really oh, yeah, definitely really spectacular and they also just captured. The performances that the kids gave in the first one and they nailed it you know all of them did so well I would say my favorite of the the new cast was Bill Hader everyone's saying Bill Hader's a standout and I 110% agree he was incredible what do you think?
1: I agree with that I mean I feel like I don't know if it's about his acting or if it's about his character just because I felt uh, what do you call it Richie yeah, was the standout in the first one. Yeah, and now Richie's a standout again. I think it's more about the character, but yeah, Bill Hader did a great job. I mean, especially his subplot, I felt was the most he was, interesting to me. He was given the like, most it was, to like, work the best with. Best one out of all of the losers, yeah.
0: he was given the most to work with, because I think something that is interesting is some of the Losers Club faced the exact same fears that they faced before. You know, even as adults, they're afraid of the same things and they're haunted by the same exact things that they were haunted by as kids. They haven't really grown. They're just, you know, their their subplots are essentially the same subplot that happened in the first one. and Like like Eddie's fear of disease? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eddie is af- afraid of being gross and germs. And I get that, but, like, at the same time, Richie's subplot, I mean, he's a completely different character in this movie while at the same time being the same character, you know? he You can see how he's changed and how he's grown and how he's a different person but still the same guy, you know what I mean? And I really appreciate that about his character, and that's why he was given the most to deal with.
1: No, that makes sense, yeah. And I felt like he had that that scene in the arcade when he was collecting his token. That was really good. I was like, damn, that... That, that was good. I was like, That was just a really good scene. And I felt bad. I was just like, oh, man, like, uh, Finn Wolfhard in that scene, right? I was just like, he really played that off. Like, I don't know, just like for him to just like storm out of there, obviously. Oh, yeah. And everything. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, of course, the R plus E at the end killed me. I was like, oh, that's rough, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's really rough. Yeah,
0: I didn't even know that about his character. It was really interesting. I really
1: yeah same like I did not pick that up like no towards the and then once I figured it out, I was like what? yeah I was like, that's crazy yeah
0: I and I really liked it too It was a really good good inclusion I one thing that I want to talk a little bit about before we'll we'll move on to things that we loved about the movie uh, here in a sec but mm-hmm. before that I do want to say one more thing so they bring back all of the original cast. So they brought back all of the child actors from the first movie, but these child actors look very different now than they did when they filmed the first movie. And you look at Finn, Finn Wolfhard. I mean, we've literally watched this kid grow up with stranger things. He looks so different than he did three, four years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he hit puberty. That's what happens. So it's, (laughs) it's, and that's the age that all these kids are at. So it's, they bring them all back, and they do some CGI work on these kids to kind of de-age them. I don't know if you wow. caught that. Imagine
1: having to de-age a teenager. Yeah,
0: I mean, that – that well, I've never seen that done. De-age someone from, what, like 16 to 12, you know? I mean, that's, that's a big difference, you know? You think back to oh, yeah. when you were 16 and when you were 12. It's a very different thing, you know? And so – some of that CGI was a little bit noticeable, I'll say. And then another thing that I picked up on—they and I and I can't quite tell what it was, but they they did some kind of audio editing to these kids' voices. I don't know if you you heard it, but something just no, sounded. No, I didn't pick up on that. I caught it in one scene where where child Eddie uh, was talking. I don't remember what he was saying or what scene it was. I think they were in the little the little clubhouse underground. But okay. I caught it and he when he was talking, I was just like, that's not his voice. Like it sounded Do you think
1: they tried to like de-age their voice? I think
0: they made their voices sound a little bit higher because these kids have hit puberty and especially like the the boys, their voices have gotten deeper. So I think Yeah. I genuinely I and I it threw me off a little bit because I was like, that's not what I'm hearing. Isn't natural. You know, it's just something that my ears picked up on. Yeah. Go rewatch it. You may notice it, but, and I, I'm I not might, the, I'm not the only that one out. that noticed it. I'm not going crazy. I saw someone talk about it in a, in a review as well. And I was like, thank God. Cause I thought I was going insane, <laughs> but it's definitely, if you listen for it, you can kind of hear it. It's a little prevalent. Um,
1: interesting. Yeah. Cause I didn't keep up with like the production of, uh It chapter two. No, I so didn't either. I wasn't. Either. Kinda, I wasn't yeah, so I wasn't sure. I was like, the, for me, like, I wouldn't have thought about how much time because I didn't realize really, like, until I watched it yesterday. I was like, wow, a lot of time has really passed since yeah. it chapter one. Yeah, and then so for me too, because uh, Finn Wolfhart, he sounds exactly the same in that like in that clubhouse scene, especially. Yeah. When they're on the hammock, yeah, he sounds exactly the same as he did in the first one. So I didn't even like make that connection. Like damn, he shot this still, but how did they get him to sound so young? Yeah, he
0: he shouldn't be able to sound the same. And I do think they did a little bit of of editing on their voices a little bit, and it just threw me off just a tiny bit, and I noticed it. Um, I think it may – maybe you'll agree with this. I think it may have benefited them to shoot these two movies all at once. To shoot them back did to they back. Not,
1: that's that's what I was questioning. They didn't shoot no, uh, them. Back to back. Did well, they? And part of that okay. is because
0: no one really knew that it Chapter One was going to be such a box office success. You know, it made to be
1: fair, a lot of Stephen King movies have bombed.
0: Yeah, so it was, it what I wouldn't say it was a gamble, but it was definitely, uh, it was unprecedented how much money it made. That in itself was a surprise. They didn't know if they were going to be able to make the sequel, so they kind of couldn't have shot it all at once back to back like that. But I think it may have benefited them had they had, uh, the, the foresight to know to do that. I think it could have helped them, but you know, that's, that's just a, the, and this is, these are kind of nitpicks, you know, seeing like, Oh, his voice sounds slightly off or, Oh, that CGI is not exactly perfect. You know, that's a nitpick, you know? Uh, but it is noticeable and it kind of takes you out of the movie when you notice it. You know what I mean?
1: No, definitely. I mean, anything that takes you out of the movie has to be a critique. That's just how it is, you know, mm-hmm. even if it is the smallest thing, but, oh yeah, I'm going to look for that on my, on my rewatch. Cause I did not notice that. Yeah. But I didn't even notice the CGI on them either. Like they, you make a good point on that one. Like I didn't really think about that either. And Well, so I, mean, I really you look felt at, like, oh,
0: I know I, I don't keep yeah, up with any of the other ones, to, but where the, it's like obvious. Uh, some of them in the clubhouse
1: gotcha. i could
0: I could tell the most with uh with Finn wolfhard because he's changed so much he, you know yeah and I know what he looks I mean, like I think it's now. because
1: we see him in a lot of projects yeah yeah
0: that's well that's the thing is I stranger things season three came out and he looks like a 15 16 year old he he looks much older I don't know how old mm. he actually is but I'm going to look it up right now, but he looks, you know, his actual age in stranger things, season three. And then in it, chapter one, he looks the way he did in stranger things, season one. Like he looks young again, you know? So they had to yeah, no, make definitely. him young again. Let's see.
1: Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't, I really did not notice that.
0: Yeah. But He's 16 years old. So, oh, okay. He, uh, he was probably 13, I'd say, when they filmed it chapter 1. Gotcha. Being that he's 16. Yeah, that makes sense. 16 now and he was probably 15 when they filmed it chapter 2. So it uh it was it was a little can, bit yeah, you noticeable. grow a yeah. lot in those couple oh, years. Oh yeah. yeah. That's that's the like the number one time in your life where you're going to look different, you know. So <laughs> it must a I think it's a really interesting thing that they went in and de-aged a fifteen-year-old to be thirteen again, you know.
1: I mean, that's just the power of movie magic. Now,
0: yeah, no kidding. Um, but let's let's move on. What did you love most about this movie?
1: Honestly, Pennywise. I thought just how vicious he was was so interesting. I mean, first of all, the effects on Pennywise are really good, you know, and especially that scene where I know this isn't like a special effect or yeah, uh, slightly. But that scene where Beverly sees him and he's just like, "You still haven't changed anything," and he's like, smearing his face all the makeup. Oh and my blood god, comes. that oh was insane. Man. That. Yeah, I was just like, and then I mean, who's the actor for Pennywise again? I keep on, I can't even pronounce his last name. That's why. Bill Skarsgård. scars Okay. Yeah. His, he does he does really well as him.
0: I think and Bill Skarsgård th- is really ahead. underrated as Pennywise in both movies. Because oh, yeah, I mean the first one people ahead. talked about uh, Finn Wolfhard and Jack Dylan Grazer a lot, and then in this one everybody's talking about Bill Hader. And there's something to be said for uh, for both of those. Bill Hader might have been my favorite part of this movie, but Bill Skarsgård is incredible in both of these movies. He is chilling. You know?
1: Oh, God, yeah. I mean, the scene where he's about to devour the child in the fun house, that was really creepy. And then the scene with the girl underneath the bleachers, I was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, like, yeah. Just watching his face pause, and she's like, you're supposed to say three. Oh, no. I was like, girl, run. What are you doing? God, this is rough. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, just seeing that, I was like, it's it was it was chilling. I was like, oh, man. But... And I do think that this movie was a lot funnier than scary for me. Yeah. And that was a just because like the Pennywise, like I don't know, just like his scenes, they're so funny in a way. I mean, the naked grandma like rushing at Beverly, yeah. that was kind of hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, and then him hurling fat jokes at uh, what do you call? it? God, I forget his name, like his character name. Uh, the kid who got really buff in the end. Oh. And we and ended up. What is it?
0: Ben? Right, Ben.
1: Yes, Ben. Okay, him hurling fat jokes at him like that was that was pretty funny. Like, yeah. was, like in the in the flashback scenes, I was like, oh man, this is rough. <laughs> like, and I'll talk about this later too. But one of my favorite lines in there was when uh, he's in the locker and he's like checking to see, you know, if like go- if like Demon Beverly with the uh, what do you call that Ghost Rider face is like chasing him still. Yeah. And then he's he looks back. and It is just Pettywise he's like kiss me fat boy. I was like, "Oh <laughs> yeah. my god. I yeah. lost it."
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think for me the my highlight is Eddie Pennywise comedy scene.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I think this movie had a lot of humor in it for sure. Um sometimes it was helpful and sometimes it, it could have been a little bit detrimental to the movie because I think a lot of scares they kind of played off with a joke and that made it feel like less of a horror movie but something that I really loved I've talked about it already but Bill Hader in this movie is the clear standout I mean yeah. he's so he's so good He's and like I, like we said part of that is his arc he had the most given to his arc for sure so mm-hmm that definitely helped him a lot, uh, just because the script gave him the most to work with. Uh, but I also really liked, um, the adult actor who played Eddie, uh, James Ransone. I've really never heard of him. Uh, yeah, same. I've never seen him in anything, but he was really good. Um, I think he really captured the, the frantic nature of, uh, of, of Eddie and Jack Dylan Grazer's child acting performance I think he did really well at capturing that so I think uh, that was a really one of my, one of my favorite parts is definitely and, and this could be said for both incarnations like the prequel and this movie uh, both chapter 1 and chapter 2 is you could say Richie and Eddie are the two best parts you know, and Pennywise. Oh yeah. Uh, but Richie and Eddie are kind of the standouts in both movies, and a lot of that is just their characters in general. But the performances across the board, all four actors, all did really, really
1: well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I have my I know, like Yeah, I think it's more of a character thing for James McAvoy than it is an acting thing. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. I, I'd say all the all the actors did pretty well. I yeah. mean, and I was excited too. I love Je- I love Jessica Chastain's character too. She's one of my favorite actresses. Yeah. And her as older Beverly, one that's like a very spot on casting in terms of transformation and appearance. Like I was like, yeah. oh, wow. When they cast it, I was like, that's, that's pretty perfect. Yeah. But,
0: her or Amy Adams yeah. would have been, would have been also good.
1: I, I could actually, I could see that one too. <laughs> but yeah, but, I,
0: I love that. Yeah.
1: Moving on. Uh, I'm trying to think. What else was there that I really enjoyed? Yeah, for me it was just, it really just the Pennywise scenes. I really like sold it for me. And yeah, anytime that they were together, like the yeah. adult versions of themselves. Yeah. Oh. Do you? There is one. Huh. Go ahead. For me, it was the first clubhouse scene when they go in there and they find Stanley's token. Oh yeah. Like, I thought that was a really, I thought that was a really sweet moment, and that was just it was heartwarming. I yeah. Enjoyed that.
0: Heartwarming for sure. Yeah, this is kind
1: of... What were you going to say?
0: This is a little bit off topic, but I want to know, do you know about the giant turtle?
1: The gi- no, I do not. You don't? What is the giant turtle? Okay, no. <laughs> let, me,
0: let me tell you. It's the weirdest freaking thing. Um, and frankly, I don't know a whole lot about it either. I was hoping that this movie would include it, but they didn't. So in the book, and from what I understand, it's explored a little bit more in the Dark Tower series, uh, also Stephen King. Stephen King has, like, tied all of his books together. Um,
1: it's like a universe kind of thing?
0: Yeah, and so it... Uh, it came from uh, a place of uh, fear. It's essentially, if you are thinking... I don't know. They, it, It's so hard to explain, especially coming from me, because I don't fully understand it. But essentially... The entire universe is on the back of a giant turtle. Uh And they reveal that in the book. And I was hoping that they would do it in the movie. I understand why they didn't, because that's so freaking weird. But yeah, I think that would it would have taken
1: me way far out of what was going on. I think
0: it would have been really fun if it did. Um The turtle is named... uh uh maturin i think i'm not sure
1: interesting
0: but you know i think that would have been so fun just to to put in it's just a giant space turtle essentially uh and he helps the losers on their quest to defeat pennywise and pennywise is pennywise is the evil uh the evil, the opposite, the opposite of, of the giant turtle, essentially. From what I understand, I'm like reading about it right now, as I'm talking about it, what happens in the book? Yeah. I think it's interesting. I wanted to see the giant turtle. Uh, yeah. Interdimensional turtle God. That is the universal counterbalance of the evil Pennywise and Pennywise in the book is actually a giant alien spider which they kind of included uh
1: no yeah he was a spider in the end
0: and that happens in the in the book as well and the adult losers are shocked to discover that the monster happens to be pregnant with a bunch of eggs gestating in its sewer lair so they didn't include that uh pennywise's eggs that would have been that would have been really weird but i think i just would have liked to see it i would have really liked to see the giant turtle I like to see it. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Is that that would have been, that have been that have been fun. Um, but uh, let's move on. Anyways, uh, we're gonna list. <coughs> excuse me. We are going to list our top three moments from it chapter two. Uh, I'll let you go first, Raymond.
1: So me, I already touched on it, but it was with Ben's backstory. I just thought that scene was so freaking hilarious. I mean, my theater erupted in laughter watching really? it. Is when, yeah, when he's stuck in the locker and he just turns around, cause you knew it was coming. Yeah, you saw the face of the poster in the, you knew it was coming. Yeah, but just I thought it, you know he'd like scream at him, like attempt to eat him, and he'd get out. But no, he hits him with a with with a fat joke, and it was <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah, he hits him with "kiss me, fat boy," and I was I lost it, and everyone else in my theater lost it too. So it was a good moment, and that's my number three what's yours
0: my number three is probably uh let me think my number three is probably the moment with the pomeranian the little dog oh in the not scary at all door that's so funny and you knew
1: with us no he's not (laughs) (laughs) and you knew
0: that that dog was gonna like jump up and try to kill them but they kind of they spread it out a long time to make you think well maybe it's actually just a dog just to plant that seed but then of course right after you start thinking that it attacks i thought that was so funny
1: oh man no yeah that was that was pretty good see i feel like this movie is a lot funnier than it was scary and i'm just like I'm okay with that because it, this is it, that's what gives it its uh, its its legs. You know what I mean? To it was three hours. It
0: was really funny, but I also think part of that could have hurt it because it felt like a movie that didn't really know what it wanted to be. You know, did it want to be a comedy? Did it want to be uh, a straight horror movie, or did it want to be a giant action epic movie? It was. It I wasn't really sure. It felt very back in back and forth on that it didn't i felt like that it didn't blend as well in the first one uh but yeah anyways what's your number two
1: so my number two is actually a more serious one and it's eddie his death slash him throwing the spear at pennywise just because i love the character development for him you know finally he's like i'm gonna be brave i'm gonna go do this and then with the spear he's just like if i believe it kills monsters it kills monsters if i believe it kills monsters it kills monsters and when he goes for it you know, and then especially because it ties to the end that he did it so that he could save uh Richie. And obviously, uh, it's not like he knew Richie loved him or anything like that. Right. But yeah, it just, it hurt even more. Yeah. Because it was just like, he really loved him as like his best friend. And it was just like, that's rough. And that's really rough for Richie. <laughs> but, right. Uh, that was, it was just a really good moment. And then. I like that he did die, you know, because there is no cop-out at the end. You know, there is no, oh, are going to save him? You know, like I said, I haven't read the book, so maybe if he died in the book, then I probably should have expected that. But still, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. What was what was your number two?
0: My number two was uh, I have a tie, so I have two, two moments that I really liked. Um, uh-huh. One of them is when Paul Bunyan, the giant Paul Bunyan statue, came to life. That was really oh, fun. God, yeah. Well, and because I had heard that that happens in the book, and I wanted it to happen in the in the in the movie as well, because I just think that would be, I just thought that would be so fun, and it was so fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was really creepy, but I I liked it a lot. And then my other number two is the we've talked about it a little bit, but the scene with Pennywise without his makeup, without anything on, literally just Bill Skarsgård. Um, yeah no prosthetics to make him a giant head. Uh, like literally just him putting makeup on. And I liked how it cut back to him and then to Beverly and back to him. And every time it cut back to him, uh, he had like more makeup on and he was becoming more and more Pennywise. And then to make the, the red stripes kind of thing that come up from his, his mouth and up onto his forehead through his eyes. Uh He like scratches, like he cuts them into himself. And he makes it out of blood. Yeah. That was creepy. That... Oh, yeah, that was... When he that did that, good. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that was terrifying. Uh, but I really liked that. I thought that was really cool uh, to see. And I... Just the fact that he did that; those accents, that he did them with blood was so just like oh my god like it's so gross you know what I mean (laughs) but but really cool and I liked it you know
1: no definitely I enjoyed that scene a lot I mean it was like I said earlier yeah it was creepy but I just loved like the realness of it in a way you know just because he does he didn't look like Pennywise yet oh
0: yeah yeah and I think it was uh it was cool to see Bill Skarsgård doing it as Bill Skarsgård you know Because when you're acting, a lot of it is once you get your costume on, uh, you're very much more confident to, you know...
1: Be your character. Yeah,
0: be your character, and you feel a lot more at home with it and a lot more transformed into your character because you look like them. So I think that could be another testament to Bill Skarsgård because when I think about portraying Pennywise, it seems very hard for me, but I think after... If I were to do it, and after I had all of that uh, costume on, the whole Pennywise get-up, you know, the costume, the giant head, all of it, I think I would feel much more comfortable doing it because I looked like him, you know? No, so yeah. to see him give that same performance, even in a small scene, but to see him give that same performance when it's literally just him was, uh, was really cool.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree with that. So uh what what is
0: your number number 1
1: For me this is a little hard just because it happened. like there are two yeah like there's like two scenes for it but really it's just like anything that is Stanley's character I mean like Stanley I mean, minus you know the the beginning or where he where he kills himself um, yeah I really liked his letter to them at the end that yeah. was really good and heartwarming you know and it really for me that's what the it series for me has been more about has been more about the characters and the horde and it's more. And I know like the first one was more like a really heartwarming, like coming of age movie. And here they are of age, I guess so it's really more just like a yeah. movie about their friendship. And I enjoyed that a lot. And I really enjoyed his bar mitzvah scene. And when he's like, I'm a loser and I'm always going to be a loser. And I was like, Oh man, you're, you're, you're the number one. Yeah, like, I don't know. I like Stanley's that too. character is really sweet. And I love that at the end in the letter he's he explains he's just like i took myself out of the game he's like did it work he's like well obviously if you're reading this it did and i was like oh yeah oh man yeah and yeah for me it was just that pretty much like that scene at the end where he's reading his letter and everyone's like going off into their own separate lives for me that just represented a lot about like the nature of friendship you know it's like yeah even though you guys are all far apart and it was like the little thing too like right before he that letter was being read when uh, mike calls bill and he's just like hey did you get the letter he's just like what letter he's like oh you'll you'll know when you see it and then he's like let me know when you do and he's like hey, "He's like, all right love you and he's like love you too man and i was like oh man it's like that's yeah. that's what this this series has been about for me you know it's about friendship and i felt that stanley's character Really nailed that part of the movie for me. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's my number one. Just those two scenes, I guess the bar mitzvah scene and then the uh, letter at the end. But more so the letter at the end. It was just really good. Yeah. What was your number one? My number
0: one uh, moment. It's a short moment, but when it happened, I was just very, like when it happened, is when I knew that Bill Hader was the standout of the movie. Um, uh-huh. so Eddie dies, right? And then they yeah. literally have to rip, uh, they have to rip him away from Eddie's body, and the the moment that comes to mind, it was also in one of the trailers actually, but it's just when he is like when the house on Neibolt Street is when when the house is collapsing and he's like trying to run back in, and you see all the pain in his face because he knows that Eddie's at the bottom of it and he wants Eddie back and all of uh, all his friends are... The, all the losers are holding him back, literally stopping him from just jumping in, into the wreckage. It's, that was really powerful to me, just seeing the desperation and pain that Bill Hader was mm-hmm. able to capture uh, in that scene. It was really, really good. Really well done uh, throughout. I, throughout that whole... That whole scene and that moment stuck out for me when I saw that. I was like, oh, man, like that hurts because, you know, like at this point in the movie, you know. That Richie uh, has been in love with Eddie this whole time and and really no one else knows it, not even the losers that are holding him back. But that's why it's like Eddie's death hits so hard uh, is because you see Richie's reaction to it, knowing that he loved him the whole time. So it's it's really hard. But.
1: No, that was just, that's just good acting. Yeah, Yeah, it was, it it was my,
0: exactly. It was, and it was my favorite moment because Bill Hader just sold it. And I was like, man, that's good. You know, it's, it was, it was painful to watch and I'm glad it was because that, that just made it all, all the more better for me, you know?
1: No, definitely.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I think that about wraps us up. Uh, Raymond, if you could, uh. Let's see. We did our rankings. If you could describe It Chapter 2 in three words to wrap us up.
1: Funny, heartwarming, and a little unsettling. Yeah. Teensy tiny bit unsettling. There's some parts in there I'm like, oh, Jesus, that was kind of
0: extra. Yeah. What
1: about you? Uh,
0: I would say... I would also say funny... And then I would say uh, heartwarming in some moments, but also heartbreaking. I would say bo- both, of, both of those, which uh, a good movie has both of those aspects. So uh, those are our full thoughts on IT Chapter 2. Have you seen it? Did you like it? Uh, let us know on Twitter. You can follow me at Preston Seymour. You can follow Raymond at RVinia. That's R-V-I-N-Y-A-H. Um, you can also check out the website that I work on. That is called The Cinema Spot at the Cinema Spot uh, or TheCinemaSpot.com. A lot of cool content. And we will be back next week to talk about some new and juicy content. For you guys, so make sure you tune in next week. If you've liked this podcast, make sure you give us a like uh, or a five-star rating or whatever quantifies as a like on whatever service you are listening on. But thank you for listening. We will be back next week to talk about all new stuff, uh, and we'll we'll see you then.
1: Thanks, y'all. See you next. See you next week. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>